MSW Media. Thanks to Aura Frames for supporting the show. Aura Frames makes Wi-Fi connected digital frames that beautifully showcase your photos and videos. Aura is having their best deal of the year. Right now, through Cyber Monday, you can save $40 on the perfect gift at AuraFrames.com slash DailyBeans with promo code DailyBeans. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 24th, 2023. Today, there's a new Stop the Steal movement happening in Bucks County, PA. Another Republican is convicted of voter fraud. A Moms for Liberty organizer is a convicted sex offender. And an update on the car crash in Niagara Falls. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Thanksgiving. We're recording this on Thanksgiving. So I just wanted to extend my gratitude for you, my friend. And to you as well. And all of the Beans listeners, every person that's uh, tuned into the show, become a patron of the show that's bought a ticket to one of my comedy shows because you heard me on the Beans. Um, I just got reacquainted with someone I haven't talked to in 10 years because her wife is a big fan of the beans and was like, hey, you should listen to this podcast. And she was like, wait, I know the co-host, which I think is hysterical. Um, So yeah, there's a lot to be grateful for. There is. Yes. Thanks to the entire Illuminati, the whole community, everybody who listens to this show, the Jack podcast, Clean Up on All 45, any of the 20 or so podcasts that we have on MSW Media Y'all are just truly amazing people, and I'm so grateful for you. I, I'll, I, I'm never, I never feel alone. I, I, it's the best and most powerful feeling, and it's because of all of you. And I hope that you can feel the same. And um, we have uh, also John Fugelsang joining us today. So everybody's coming out on on Bird Day to I'm coming out. to bring you the beans. So uh, it's Fugelsang Fridays. We'll. We'll be talking to him later in the show about some legal stuff. And of course, we will have listeners submitted good news. If you have any good news, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. If you want to get us a Christmas gift, best way to do that is support us and support independent media by becoming a patron. And you get all sorts of really great stuff, too. It's not just a one-way street. You can sign up at patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. Uh, and we appreciate you very much. You get ad-free episodes. You get them early. You get early access to VIP tickets for when we go do live shows, meet and greet opportunities. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to start having, I think in the springtime, Dana, we're going to have our very first MSW media meetup. Like it's a amazing. Legum- actual Leguminati meeting somewhere in the country. If anybody owns a brewery or a winery or uh, a hotel, or you have friends who work at banquet rooms and hotels or some sort of a space or a restaurant that we can uh, rent out for the night for this private event somewhere in some major hub, let us know. Just reach out to us. Hello at MullerSheWrote.com. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up, after right-wing pundits and Fox News immediately reported that a crash from a car, like a car with two people at Niagara Falls on the U.S. side of the Rainbow Bridge, said it was a terrorist attack. And it was all Joe Biden's fault. The real news proves them wrong. And they have yet to retract or apologize. 
From CBS News, sources say two people were killed in a vehicle explosion Wednesday afternoon at Rainbow Bridge, a U.S.-Canada border crossing in Niagara Falls in western New York. Officials said four U.S.-Canada border crossings in the region were closed as investigators responded to the situation. Three crossings later reopened, with Rainbow Bridge remaining closed because they're cleaning up debris. Multiple law enforcement sources confirmed to CBS News two people died inside that vehicle that exploded. A senior law enforcement official told CBS News that the nationalities of the two people who died are not yet known. The two people who died were a married couple. The husband was driving his wife, the passenger. That's according to U.S. law enforcement officials confirming to CBS on Wednesday night. The official said the vehicle was a Bentley, believed to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. There are other unconfirmed reports saying that these two people went went to a casino uh, because they were going to go to a KISS concert, but that had been canceled. It's not yet known why the car exploded, but New York Governor Kathy Hochul said in a news conference Wednesday, there's no sign of terrorist involvement in the horrific explosion. FBI Buffalo on Wednesday night said it concluded their investigation of the incident, found no explosive materials and no terrorism nexus. This is not a terrorist attack. There had been conflicting early reports about which direction the car was traveling, but Wednesday afternoon, a senior U.S. law enforcement official told CBS the car was coming from the U.S. side. So this wasn't even anybody crossing the border. The official said this, uh, that it hit the customs station when it crashed. So, of course, Fox News coming out, terror attack, Joe Biden is a bad guy. And then we find out it's two people on their way to a KISS concert from the U.S. side. Uh, they'll they'll do anything. They'll they'll try and spin anything. All right, AG, thank you. This one's from Iowa Public Radio. A jury spent about five hours deliberating before convicting Kim Thwong Taylor on 52 counts of voter fraud in federal court. How many counts? 52 counts of voter fraud in federal court Tuesday <laughs> in Sioux County. 52 counts. Count for every week of the year. A count so. for every card in the deck. It's amazing. Yeah, he faces, Taylor faces five years in prison, by the way, on each count. (laughs) A sentencing date hasn't yet been set. Prosecutors say Taylor took advantage of other Vietnamese immigrants by illegally filling out election forms and ballots. Oh my gosh, her husband. I did not realize this was a a female. And I said he, her husband, Jeremy Taylor, lost a GOP primary for the U.S. House and won election to the Woodbury County Board of Supervisors in 2020. After the verdict, Taylor's attorney, F. Montgomery Brown, said he respected the decision and now is the time for empathy for a family that is suffering. Yeah, no. Yeah. During closing arguments, the prosecutor added the case was important because voter fraud jeopardizes the foundation of democracy in the United States and damages the public trust in the electoral process. They added that Kim Taylor had has worked on campaigns since 2008 and knew the difference between right and wrong. Well, Kim Taylor was indicted in January, by the way, on 26 counts of providing false information in registering and voting, three counts of fraudulent registration, and 23 counts of fraudulent voting. She entered a non-guilty plea. During opening statements, Taylor's defense attorney, F. Montgomery, as I said, uh, said the case comes down to a bias virus, a bias virus due to bad blood between Jeremy Taylor, who's a Republican, and the Woodbury County Auditor and Election Commissioner Pat Gill. Well, Gill is the only Democrat who holds a public office in Woodbury County. He was the one who alerted authorities about the alleged fraud. Well, a few years ago, Jeremy Taylor resigned from the Board of Supervisors after a controversy surrounding his residency. Taylor owned two homes, including one outside his district. Gill ruled that Taylor lived outside of his district and revoked his voter registration. 
That seems understandably. Now, the defense only called a few witnesses when presenting its case. The testimony included inside from three women who knew Taylor through her work as a hairstylist. And when they said she's a very trustworthy person. Well, during closing arguments, the defense admitted Kim Taylor made mistakes, but the government did not show adequate evidence of a scheme and getting out the vote activities are upheld by the First Amendment rights. They said it was a get out the vote activity. Okay. So if I get a bunch of um, people in a diaspora and falsely fill out voter registration cards for them and then go and vote on their behalf for my husband, uh, that's just my First Amendment right. Just getting out the vote. Okay. (laughs) Get out the illegal vote, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So who's given that $10,000 award to find voter fraud? We should go collect. Oh, yeah. For for each count, 52 (laughs) times 10,000. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, sweet. All right, this is from the Bucks County Beacon. For Bucks County Republicans, sour grapes may be the best wine. Wine, W-H-I-N-E. Wonderful. I love the Bucks County Beacon. I love Bucks County. Unfortunately, it comes at the expense of taxpayers and should be hard to swallow for reasonable people on both sides of the political aisle. After voters in Central Bucks School District, in overwhelming fashion, elected a new Democratic majority and a clean sweep of local MAGA millionaire Paul Martino's bankrolled Republican candidates, some residents just can't accept the loss. What's worse, they actually think they potentially could overturn the results. There are currently 13 seemingly identical petitions filed with the Court of Common Pleas claiming fraud or error are the cause of Republican losses at the polls against Democrats Dana Foley, Heather Reynolds, and Karen Smith. What is it about these toxic, narcissistic, Republican MAGA assholes that they can't accept that maybe they suck and people don't like them and it has to be someone else's fault if they don't win at life? I don't fucking understand it. I'll never understand it. I have a couple people in my past who just can't deal with the fact that they are failures and they blame me for it and it's annoying And I hate it. And I hate this kind of bullshit. And it's just going to keep going. Like, your ideas suck. They suck ass. (laughs) And here you are. Well, how could it be? I must have been fraud or error that I didn't win. I didn't have Kim Taylor over here getting out to vote for me. What the fuck? All right. The basis for each of the filings. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) The basis for each of the filings is Title 25 P.S. Elections and Electoral Districts, Section 3261, quote, opening ballot boxes upon petition of electors alleging fraud or error, deposit or bond. Sadly, the law doesn't require proof of fraud or proof of error. So if you have 50 bucks, you can try to gum up the election process. Let me be clear, this will go nowhere. And it is really bad, if not a sad joke. These challenges are not unlike 21 similar filings citing the same statute, following the 2022 election, when Republican Doug Mastriano got trounced at the polls by current Pennsylvania governor, Josh Sapiro, who I love so much. Oh, yeah. First Amendment attorney Garen McGuerin told Bucks County Beacon reporter Jenny Stevens at the time that the petitions were, intentionally or not, misusing a statute reserved for mechanical mathematical errors to challenge the honesty and validity of the election process itself. He predicted those petitions would be dismissed. They were. And the same thing will happen here. This election was actually a referendum on two things. First, it was a judgment of the Republican school board's record for the last two years. 
This includes secretly bringing in the right-wing Christian Independence Law Center to rewrite policy to make it easier for parents to successfully challenge books. That's a campaign championed both locally and nationally by Moms for Liberty, never mind ignoring district librarians who oppose the policy. This includes the hiring of a failed Republican Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate who called the middle school's LGBTQ student club leftist political indoctrination as legal counsel to help conduct a sham investigation and show trial in a desperate attempt to discredit an ACLU complaint being investigated by the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, alleging the school district created a toxic educational environment for LGBTQ students. It also includes rewriting and passing a new version of Policy 321, which mandated banning pride flags and effectively muzzling teachers in the classroom. Secondly, this election was a referendum on the campaigns and how they were run. While the Democratic slate of Neighbors United was grassroots positive and politically focused and policy focused, Martino's Moms for Liberty backed slate and their Republican supporters flooded the community with toxic mudslinging and disinformation. One example was the PAC, which Martino dropped $40,000 in seed money. Its founder, Bob Solera, told the Philadelphia Inquirer his goal was to have all five Democratic candidates, who all won, by the way, to, quote, be ashamed to be seen in public. This was after he sent nasty mailers to people in the community. Then there were signs that said, groom dogs, not kids. Or another that accused a Democratic candidate of being a communist. Voters were disgusted by these scorched earth campaigns, and the results are a testament to this. The 13 petitions are just one final testimonial to how far out of fucking touch Republicans are. I put the fucking are the how far out of touch they are in Central Bucks School District and Bucks County in general. I have a better chance of being the next president than these petitioners have of a judge ruling in their favor. (laughs) The desperation and delusions behind them, if anything, will only help further tarnish the Republican brand in an increasingly blue county. Good. Good indeed. All right. This last story is a trigger warning um, uh, for content, and you'll understand why. It's hard to sum up just because there's such pieces of shit. This is from Rolling Stone. Moms for Liberty. As we know, it's a conservative parental rights group that has chapters all over the United States working to basically eradicate LGBTQ-related discussion in public schools, at least partially under the belief that educators are using it to, and I quote, groom children for sexual relationships. Go fuck yourself. The group might want to look inward. They might. I would think they should. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported on Monday that Philip Fisher Jr., a pastor, not a drag queen, a pastor, Republican ward leader, and faith coordinator for Moms for Liberty in Philadelphia, is a registered sex offender. Well, Fisher was convicted in 2012 for aggravated aggravated sexual abuse of a 14-year-old boy with the charging document saying that Fisher, then 25, engaged in oral and anal sex with the boy. I am so sorry I have to report this story, but it is important to hear. Fisher, who pleaded guilty, told the Inquirer that the conviction was a railroad job by a PAC affiliated with Lyndon LaRouche, the culty former presidential candidate whose organization Fisher worked for at the time. And this is a quote. It was a political situation that happened between me and Lyndon LaRouche. That's what Fisher said. It was a member of his camp, his party, that made the accusation. They pushed it through. Well, Fisher was the leader of Philadelphia's 42nd Ward until he resigned on Friday after Vince Fennerty, the chair of the Philadelphia's Republican City Committee, demanded he do so, thank God, after being informed of his criminal history. 
That's a turn of events, isn't it? A Republican's being held accountable by another Republican. The Inquirer notes that Fisher supported Trump in 2020 and campaigned with Mehmet Oz. <laughs> that still is laughable. In 2022, while protesting outside of Chicago Town Hall meeting in 2009, Fisher held up a poster of then-President Barack Obama with a Hitler mustache. So he is an upstanding fucking guy, isn't he? Swear to God, dude. I know. I tell you, every time... They've got so many skeletons in their goddamn closet. Every single time. And um, it's just going to keep going on like this. Especially, you know, with the Sound of Freedom movie. You know, like, and that guy is now on the, he could be criminally charged. Yeah. And I, I, I'll, I'll never forget the quote that you read yesterday. I, I was trying to fight sex trafficking and they dropped me in the middle of, and they, Sex me to a trafficker yeah Ugh. it's just um it's heartbreaking and every accusation is a confession it really is i'm interested to see what we learn about uh the good speaker of the house mike johnson in in the coming weeks and months all right everybody we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back with john fugelsang for fugelsang fridays then after that we have the good news if you have good news send it to us we need your good news send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact stick around everybody we'll be right back after these messages we'll be right back hey everybody it's ag and if you're like me there are people you care about that you don't get to see a lot during the holiday season because they live so far away that's one of the many things I love about my Aura Frame. Aura Frames are easy to use, Wi-Fi connected digital frames that transform how we can connect to distant loved ones. It is a high resolution display, so photos look like real prints, and there's unlimited storage. Then we repeat that, unlimited storage. So you can share unlimited moments and treasured memories with each other using the Aura app. Now, Aura Frames are unique, incredibly personal. They're beautiful. They come in a premium, unpriced gift box, no receipt. It is the perfect gift for any occasion. Aura Frames has also been named Best Digital Photo Frame by Wirecutter and The Strategist, and it's one of Oprah's favorite things, so you know it's a great value that you will treasure for years to come. Aura Frames, really, they stand apart from all other digital frames. It always makes me ecstatic to see the faces and videos of my friends and family that they share from both near and far away. During the holidays, you know, I talk about my family in Cleveland, but I also have a really old friend who lives across the pond now. We've been able to stay connected using Aura Frames. I've got another friend in Australia we swap pictures back and forth, unlimited storage using the app. It has brightened up our lives in a way that occasional phone and video calls just can't match. And we love to send each other photos from our holiday get-togethers. It makes us both happy to see the joy present in both of our lives during this special time of year. I've already sent several from dinner yesterday. I woke up this morning to one of my favorite smiling faces holding her laughing granddaughter in the morning, like in a sunbeam, like a kitty. It is the most amazing photo. I love it. And that's why I keep mine in my home office always brightening up my studio and my days and my heart. Aura is having their best deal of the year right now through Cyber Monday. You can save $40 on the perfect gift at AuraFrames.com slash Daily Beans with promo code Daily Beans. That's $40 off their best-selling frames by going to AuraFrames, A-U-R-A-F-R-A-M-E-S dot com slash Daily Beans and using promo code Daily Beans. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Friday. That means we're being joined by my friend, host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progressive Channel 127, weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. And of course, it is now a wildly popular free podcast. You can get wherever you get your podcast, The John Fugelsang Show. Please welcome my friend, John Fugelsang. Hello. 
Hello. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners. Yes. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day, whatever you celebrate. That's a great one. It's 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 the only time of year we think it's a good idea to mix alcohol, tryptophan, and relatives. Allison's <laughs> Absolutely. Fortunately, uh, mine was very small this year, just a couple of very close friends. So we all agree on everything, uh, which is nice. Oh, so you didn't have to deal with all the having to see the family members uh, every every Thanksgiving and wonder if you'll be invited to Christmas. Right, exactly. That's correct. I usually just go visit them on Christmas and keep Thanksgiving to myself. <laughs> Listen, I'm all I'm all about just you got to be Jimmy Carter and Bono and Desmond Tutu rolled into one and just keep the peace at the holidays. I I, I think you win by not fighting with them. Good luck. Yes, yeah. good luck. All right. So I want to talk to you about a couple things uh, this week because. I know we've got a little bit of a, uh, not a differing opinion um, as far as keeping Trump off the the ballot in Colorado. I'm just looking at it from a legal standpoint um, right. uh, and not as much as a, a political standpoint. And the reason I want to talk to you about this is because the plaintiffs have filed their application to appeal to the Supreme Court of Colorado because, as you know, the judge decided, yes, Donald Trump did engage in insurrection, and the First mm -hmm. Amendment did not protect his speech on the ellipse that day. Mm -hmm. um, he incited an insurrection. He engaged, therefore engaged in an insurrection per the language of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Section, I, could, I, can, I can get it out today. Section 3 of the 14th <laughs> Amendment. But she didn't find that that includes the president of the United States because he is not an office. That is not an office of the United States. And he's not an president. It's not an officer of the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, sh she said it was a tie. I mean, both people put on a really good, really good <laughs> argument here. And a tie goes to the runner uh, in the law. So she basically punted it to the Supreme Court. Totally punted it. Supreme Court. Let, let's, let's diagnose the problem perfectly and then choose to do nothing. Just <laughs> just call yourself the Green Party. <laughs> but you know i you know i've spoken to uh the lawyer the, the counsel for the plaintiffs and he's like look we were going to have to argue that to the supreme court anyway now we don't have to argue the part that he you know, the fact that he engaged in a in an insurrection that's a factual finding it's very it's much more difficult to overturn factual findings than legal findings a legal interpretation of the 14th amendment section three so it is going up there now it's going to yeah so the colorado supreme court has approved their application to appeal that cherry on top that they didn't get uh, and the thing is, is what's interesting is, you know, I was talking to counsel and he's like, I don't know. I think she did us a solid because had she decided to keep him off the ballot, Trump may not have appealed because, first of all, he could gripe about that's why he lost the election, because he wasn't on the ballot in Colorado. And second, uh, because, you know, why bother? I'm not going to win Colorado anyway. Why appeal this thing and yeah. try to make any difference? Uh, so. He, you know, the the council was like, so now we get to go argue it. Um, but I, I'm, I know that you have a different take on this. You want Trump on the ballot in all fifty states? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. But I think, I think you nailed it completely. And again, we we can, despite our differences, all come together and mock this judge because wait a second. So, so he said an oath of office, but he's not an officer. That's the actual point, right? So, so he did commit insurrection while serving in office, except he's not an officer. So it doesn't apply to him, like something to offend everybody in this epic can kicking down the road. I swear to God, it's it, it's like a CR. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I think. Listen, I, I my opinion is very unpopular. I think that, yes, we know Donald Trump engaged in insurrection. 
I go a step more. I call it terrorism. I, I, you know, it was a it was a putsch, like like the German beer hall. It was a putsch, except Hitler did the putsch, then went to prison, and then ran the country. Trump's doing it exactly backward. He ran the country, then had the putsch. Prison's <laughs> coming up next. So, um, <laughs> you know, of course he's guilty under the amendment to the Constitution. Yes, he engaged in an insurrection. Yes, he is not eligible to to be in office again. I know all of this. And yet I am going to say that you can't take him off the ballot. You just can't. First off, I don't want to feed the martyr complex of MAGA white males any more than it's already been fed. And I don't want to feed Donald Trump's martyr complex either. You know, you know what would happen if he was kept off the ballot in Colorado? You're right. He wouldn't win that state anyway. He would just fundraise tens of millions of grievance dollars off of it. The, the the uphill battle for me here is this. You can be dead to rights on everything. Yes, he does not deserve to be on the ballot by the rules we've all agreed to. He can't be on the ballot. But you know as well as I do, the reality is that there's people who will get guns and try to hurt folks if he's not on the ballot. And on a political level only, just the political level, for me, it trumps the legal level. Democrats are running. They seem to be staking the entire campaign on democracy itself as at stake. If you're going to sell yourself as the party fighting for democracy, you've got to make sure that the other side gets to vote for the guy they want to vote for, or else they won't believe you and they will campaign against you being anti-democracy. And I mean, every Democrat, every Democrat for every state and local office will have to say, why can't the voters of Colorado vote for the man they want in a democracy if your Democratic Party cares about democracy so much. And once again, Trump would succeed in projection and taking his worst failing and projecting it onto the other side. So mm. I, I literally think for history's sake, for America's sake, this guy's got to lose by losing. He can't lose by technicality. I know the law says he should be off the ballot, but it's going to be lose-lose for everybody if he is kept off the ballot and he'll spend the rest of his life claiming that he would have won if he hadn't been taken off the ballot by anti-democratic Colorado. This guy has to be beaten and humiliated. It is the only way he to kill. He was, and he, di and he still didn't, he still yeah. didn't concede. Got to do it again. Got to do it again. This is the, I'm excited. We may get to see for the first time in history, someone's got a shot at losing the popular vote a third time. Only three people have lost it twice in history. Trump's going to lose it three times, Allison. And you know what? Throw in his Reform Party candidacy in 2020. He's lost four times. I'm here for it. Yeah, let's see. I'm like a I'm a lawful good alignment. So I believe in the rule of law and doing due diligence and, and the duty under the Constitution of the law. I, do, I used for, to. I, for I example, to. when we impeached him, we knew he was going to be acquitted by the senate but that's not a reason to not impeach him well, the right thing yes when we indicted him you know he could get judge aileen cannon could get him get him off the hook in mar-a-lago i don't i don't know he's going to be able to get off the hook in dc but like we don't not indict somebody because they might be acquitted by a jury we don't not impeach somebody because they might be acquitted by the senate and i say we don't not keep him off the ballot because he might be a martyr and whine and cry about it because I think he's going to whine and cry about it no matter what. Exactly. You're right. This is what I'm saying. He's so evil that I am arguing to go beyond the law because following the law might lead to greater evil. <laughs> that's how evil he is. That's the that's the moral argument I'm making on your show to your listeners who deserve better today. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we all deserve a John Fugel saying. <laughs>
So that's why I wanted you on here every Friday. Thank because, you. you know, we've I'll, I'll take it. We earned a fugal saying. You're going to be currency uh, from here on out, my friend. <laughs> that's All right. great. Twice as much on Black Friday. <laughs> Did you buy a $90 turkey like Chaffetz? <laughs> oh, that's I, w- I went to Walmart to get my $90 turkey. And uh, I got to say, I got pepper sprayed in the face at Walmart on Black Friday. And honestly, it, it, it enhanced the shopping experience. It made it better. Um, if you, if you got to go to a Walmart on Black Friday, try to get pepper sprayed. It'll elevate the entire thing. Yeah. And always make sure you're crying. And that the pepper spray helps with that. I, I, I love Black Friday. Can I just say that's my favorite holiday we have? It's, it's, it's when we buy material possessions as gifts to celebrate the birth of a guy who renounced having material possessions. You know, mm-hmm. it's when the 1% tells the 99% to go save the economy they wreck every year. Especially That's- when you put it on a credit card and have usury fees. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. The Walton family has as much wealth as the bottom 40% of Americans, and they're telling us to go shop on Black Friday to save our... Now that we've outsourced your jobs and had our taxes cut by the political shills we bought and had our corporations subsidized by your tax dollars, and we're going to have our media tell you to go spend that money that won't circulate back to your local economies to buy foreign-made goods at our megastores. That's Black Friday, okay? Keep capitalism in Christmas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My favorite holiday. And and the media. Can I just say the media on Black Friday? The media gets you all whipped into a frenzy to go shop. And then it's all these stories about, look at these terrible people getting out of hand on Black Friday. What a shame, Sharon. Let's look at the weather. You know, it's like they get you whipped into a frenzy. And then they mock shoppers for being frenzied. It's like they 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 the media gets you hooked on crack and then they mock you for selling the TV. That's Black Friday every year. Yeah, well, that's the media all the time. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about one other thing, a uh, legal thing that happened this week that I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on. Uh, as you know, Fonnie Willis filed a motion to revoke the bond of Harrison Floyd. Harrison Floyd was part of the uh, conspiracy spoke to uh, intimidate election worker Ruby Freeman. And mm-hmm. um, he basically violated, and the, and the court found he technically violated the conditions of his bond, but Judge McAfee did not remand him to jail for that uh, violation of his bail conditions. What he did instead is said, let's make his bond conditions more clear. Let's modify them so that yep. there can be no doubt. So it's kind of like, it's sort of like you've got your warning now, my friend. And so I was wondering what your thoughts were about that, because hearing him say, well, technically, yeah, he did violate the bond conditions, but I'm not going to remand him. I'm going to modify the bond conditions. Well, I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I Look, I think it's it's setting precedent either way it goes. You know, Judge McAfee decided that. And again, this is Harrison Floyd <laughs> of Black Voices for Trump which you just know someone's going to think it's Harrison Ford of Black Voices for Trump and mess up his IMDb. Um, but but this judge said he didn't violate his, his bond conditions by doing all this these, these Twitter posts. I still call it Twitter. I hope that's okay. I do too. Um, to me, it seems like he'll still be free 
And as long as he doesn't identify the witnesses or the co-defendants or the unindicted co-conspirators by name, he'll be okay. But it seems to me that this is just reeking of echoes of what's going on with the gag order Trump has faced. And this is going to be a trial balloon. I mean, they are going to set a precedent that if someone has to get their their bond revoked, it's going to be this guy because that is a real possibility of happening to people. I think right now, Harrison Floyd is high-fiving his friends, not realizing he is the canary in the Trump coal mine. Mm. Well, here's what I'm hoping, that this does set a precedent. And so that when normal folks maybe trip up over on their bail conditions, they can bring this case as an example of how they should not be remanded to jail. That's it. This is how I want everybody treated by our justice system. Yep. And I've said it uh, a million times before, and I'll say it again. We shouldn't lower our standards to treat everybody like the way that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are treated in our justice system. We should raise everybody up to be treated the way we're treating Donald Trump and his cohorts. And that should be the model of our justice system. So I, I am hoping that this case comes up again and again and again for other criminal defendants right. by public right. defenders who can say, hey, you know, why my guy remanded to jail when this person wasn't remanded to jail? Why my guy gag order when this person wasn't given a full gag order? And you're right. You're so right. And by the way, it, it's not just precedent for Trump. It could be precedent for lots of people who might be facing time for a nonviolent offense. But also the cause of justice itself was advanced. They could have just thrown this guy in jail. But instead, Fonnie Willis pretty much guaranteed that his bond order would be revised and that the posts have to be taken down by order of the court. So actually, good came out of this on many, many levels. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, also it they could have painted themselves in a corner with Donald Trump where they might have to be in a situation where they would have to remand him to jail because they remanded Floyd to jail. If he stepped, would he has stepped over the line, but if she files a motion, then, then Trump goes to, you know, then we have to treat similar, similarly situated criminals in the same case, the same. And he might end up in jail, which will raise another zillion dollars, like you said. Now, I, I know a lot of people would like to see him in jail. No, you're right. But it's a bigger picture. And it's a version of what was done to Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. You know, I mean, take a step back from the entire criminal justice system is what you're talking about. And the fact that, you know, it's sort of like speeding tickets. Speeding tickets are fines for poor people. They're not a problem for rich people. And it's the same with cash bail. It only is to put one type of economic strata in jail because we only have penalties for poor people. We don't have penalties for people with disposable income. They don't exist. Yeah, correct. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. I say I hope the same for everyone listening. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here today, John? Anything? Uh, Take as much time as you want. Just remember, happy Black Friday, happy Small Business Saturday, happy Cyber Monday, happy Giving Tuesday, and happy, oh, you thought this crap was going to all end on Wednesday. But uh, nope, I just hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, of Thanksgiving, and um, I, I just kind of feel like uh, we are about to embark on a really huge year where we're going to have seven Trump criminal trials, all of these in <laughs> All of these wars going on, all of these presidential primaries, this is a really good time to like be calm, get sane. Starting in January, everyone's going to be following the news, not just us news nerds. So rest up. We need you all. Stay in the game. Despondency is privilege. And um, as JFK said, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. So thank you, Allison. I'm very grateful to you and for all that you do. 
Thank you. I'm thankful for you too, my friend. Everybody, you can check them out on Tell Me Everything, Sirius XM Progress 127, weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, or the amazing, incredible, colossal, wonderful, the John Fugelsang Show podcast available for free wherever you get your pods. My friend, John Fugelsang. Thanks so much. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. Good and news. it is the good news Friday after Thanksgiving edition. If you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the whatever, <laughs> send it to us. Any animal, we'll <laughs> guess the breed. We'll try to guess what kind of animal it is. Um, pronunciations, those are always fun. And it's, by the way, Kona, Ko, Ko, nope, now I can't even do it. Somebody nope. sent me the name of the Philip Glass musical, and I've already forgotten it. Um, Koyani Katsi, maybe. Anyway, Whatever you want to send to us, baby pictures, frog orgy, shout out to a loved one, small business in your area, your small business. If you don't have pod pet tax, send us an adoptable pet in your area. We'll see if we can help get that guy or girl or baby adopted and anything else. Dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. First up from Mr. Midnight, pronouns he and him. Good morning, ladies of the Leguminati. Just a quick correction from the Thanksgiving episode. During the quick hits, AG mentioned an Egyptian news station. The name of that station is pronounced with a beginning CK sound in the throat, not quite a guttural, but farther back in the mouth than an English C, which is mostly a tongue tip sound, Kahara. I guess it's the Cairo local news. Kahara, I maybe is the way, is the Arabic name for the city. Thanks for fearlessly taking on the words of the world. Mr. Midnight, <laughs> thanks for correcting us on them. Absolutely. Um, I'll take this next one. This is from Nancy, pronouns she and her. When my daughter was five, I told her happily that I bought her and I quote, no run tights. And she started to cry. She said, I want to run in my tights. <laughs> no, no run tights. No run tights. Oh, that's funny. Do you want to take the next one too, my friend? Sure, why not? This is from Grandy, pronouns she and her. Hello to the whole Beans team. There are podcasts that make me laugh, those that make me cry, and those that open my eyes to new information. The Daily Beans does all of that and so much more. That was very sweet. This Thanksgiving, I'm grateful for the expertise, hard work, and love that Allison and Dana and the whole crew put in day after day to center us listeners and to be warriors for democracy and justice. I have two items to share. First, AG mentioned a movie in connection with Philip Glass, and I immediately knew what she was referring to. The movie is, do you want to say it? Koyani's Katsi. <laughs> Koyani's Katsi, which is a word in the Hopi Indian language meaning life out of balance. I first saw it probably 20 years ago and was completely enthralled. Thank you for reminding me about it. It's currently showing on Prime if anyone's curious. The second thing I wanted to share concerns birds. Since I can remember, my sister and I have been birders, active bird researchers rather than the more casual bird watchers. Now, we have enjoyed many vacations centered around places with lots of birds. Although we are not lifeless devotees, we just enjoy them. We inherited the hobby from our mother, who was a bird lover in the 50s, not her 50s. Our father was, shall we say, less enthusiastic. His favorite bird to refer to was the hairy-chested nut scratcher. (laughs) 
<laughs> Obviously, we little girls didn't get the joke at the time. Now, pod pet tags. Here is a picture of the many birds that visited my feeders after a snow last winter, plus a photo of my best ever kitty, Toby. Thank you again for providing such a glorious pair of role models. You are just the best. Look at all the cardinals. I recognize I know. cardinals. And the a red-breasted. Little, little blue jay there, maybe? I don't know. Hard to tell. Beautiful, though. I grew up in uh, Akron, so we had a lot of cardinals um, all over the place there. And then look at the sweet Toby. Little bit derpy. Got a little bit of a derp there with the eyes crossed. Adorable. Thank you for that. Next up from Diane, she and her. I want to be among the first to wish you lovely ladies of the legume and the beans listeners a very happy holiday season, however you choose to celebrate it. I'd like to submit once again a photo of an ornament made by my talented daughter in first grade that never ceases to make me smile and giggle. This is what she created when tasked by her teacher to make an ornament of her last initial, D. I truly believe she has an amazing career in women's health ahead of her should she choose to pursue it. Also, I take great joy and pleasure in cloud gazing <laughs> and seeing shapes and figures in those clouds. I snapped this one a while, uh, while at a traffic light several years ago. It appears I was being watched. Hope the holiday season brings everyone joy and laughter, especially laughter. Keep up the amazing work. <laughs> and thanks for all you do. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, it's a lovely ornament. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. It looks like, look at that. It's like a, it's one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's amazing. Holy moly. Or like uh, one of those cute little animals, like maybe a raccoon. Adorable. So Very good. Cool. Thank you. Yes, this one's from Mary, pronouns she and her. I live in Colorado Springs, which historically has been considered a red district. However, we've been working here for over 30 years to change that. The state is now blue, and in 2022, my house district went blue, which was huge. We have a terrific representative, Stephanie Vigil, and she is up for re-election in 2024. At her campaign kickoff in 2021, there were maybe 14 of us. We held her 2024 re-election kickoff last Saturday, and there were about 75 to 80 of us. While socializing, we started talking about podcasts, and a number of us were thrilled to find out we all listen to the Daily Beans, Jack, and clean up on aisle 45. Please know you have many, many fans here. For my pet tax, here's the best hiking buddy, Mackenzie, who thinks our new Christmas doormat is now hers and her best friend who protects her from the thunder, Maya. Oh, look at Hi, Maya. Mary, that is so awesome. Everybody in Colorado Springs, if you're a Beans listener, write in. Let us know you're in Colorado Springs. Um, and uh, we'll see if we can, uh, you know, pump up the jam for Stephanie out there and um, see if we can uh, flip more districts blue in your great state. Thank you for this. Indeed. I hope every, this is a great submission. Great set. And just a whole great set of, of the good news for for the day after Thanksgiving. Thank you all for taking the time to write in. I love this community. I have more good news. I mean, hey, now that the holidays happened, you know, we can keep this going through the year. You can also send in things you're thankful for. Yeah. Spread gratitude. Let's start it. Yep. Always uh, like to have that holiday feeling of uh, gratitude and joy. Um, like every year still for Christmas, because I celebrate Christmas, I watch Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Uh huh. I have since I was since it came out in the late seventies. I never miss it. And there, that's it was, adorable. 
it was rough going there like in the in the 90s when nothing like you couldn't just stream stuff you had to find stuff on vhs (laughs) it was tough it was tough going there but i always managed to to get it and watch it on christmas eve and there's a song in there about uh it's called keep i think it's just called keep christmas with you uh all through the year so like being like treat everybody like you do around christmas but like do it all the fucking time but you know without the fucking part because it's sesame street but it's just a beautiful song (laughs) and um bob sang it and it was just great and then they had the kids and they were they did it in sign language um so it was wonderful anyway my little memory if you get a chance to watch christmas eve on sesame street it's really funny okay especially when they interview the kids about how santa gets down the chimney every year oh boy i bet that's fantastic there's this one kid from deep long island he's like oh he ties the antlers together with tape (laughs) (laughs) i never forget that uh he slides uh anyway really cute thing i think it's i think it's streaming Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Anyway, share your holiday traditions with us. Send it into us. Make it a good news story. And we'll uh, we'll be back in your ears Monday. There will be a bonus episode this weekend of The Beans. There will be a bonus episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. Of course, there will be Jack on Sunday. And then Dana and I, I think we'll both be back in everybody's ears on Monday, right? I don't think I travel until Tuesday. I'll still be here. But I know you've got a couple of blackout dates, but I don't think it's Monday. Nope, that's not one of them. I'll be in Albuquerque, but I'm going to find a place to record with you. I'm going to go home and visit my family. Ooh, 505. That's right. Go hug my mom. That's very cool. I love your mom. Did you tell everybody about your tattoo? I think so. I think I told everyone on the podcast about my tattoo. And if not, I, um, I've always wanted a tattoo and I never knew what I wanted. And, um, I could share this on the the Beans patron page. Um, My mom calls me Dear Heart, and she writes me handwritten letters. And so about a year ago, I asked if she would write Dear Heart out in her handwriting. And I took it to one of my favorite trans tattoo artists. And he wrote Dear Heart with three straight lines under it that keep getting longer uh, as they go down as if it's the beginning of a letter. So when I look down on my forearm, I can see the beginning of a letter to me from my mom. That's so rad. Yeah. And it's the best permanent decision. I know that even tattoos aren't permanent these days, but it's the de- it's the best permanent decision I think I've ever made. I love it. My mom always just says, ah, fuck Allie. So I don't know if I should get that <laughs> or not. <laughs> or she'll go, what is up with that? Like as very proper and as a matter of fact, instead of like, what's up with that? She'll be like, what is up with that? Fuck Allie. She's so great. Uh, All right, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, 
a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer. I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.